Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you joining us this week on the podcast. Myself, Logan. That's Rob coughing in the corner. That's why we put him in the corner. Oh, wow. COVID-19 hit hard. Rob's got the Rona. <laughs> no, I think that was uh, my cashew that like attacked my throat <laughs> at the wrong moment. Yikes. And then we got Jen Bartlett. Jennifer Bartlett. I'm it's it's I can't say I can't not say the full name when I'm introducing you. I, I know. It's I I'm so sorry. I just it's can't. All right. I, I if I didn't want you guys to know it, I could have just let it lie, but no. I do it's one it every, of my two every sermon I can. That's good. <laughs> it's every single time now. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So glad to have you with us today. We are gonna dive into all sorts of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, first off, it wouldn't be footnotes without shortcomings. Shortcomings. That should have a theme song. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. Shortcomings. <laughs> yeah, like we kept stealing the Mario thing, but uh, which <laughs> might be a shortcoming <laughs> unto <laughs> itself. <laughs> Yikes! But uh, yeah, no. The 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 <laughs> I, this is a shortcoming week for Logan. Um, Rob didn't screw anything up. Logan screwed all sorts of things up. I was very roughly right. I helped. You did help. Okay. I. I, I yeah, I I'll bring you down. Yeah, we'll we'll go down together on this one. Uh, so the sermon title. Some of you might have noticed that the sermon title in the bulletin, versus the sermon title on the YouTube, uh, the YouTube's was not the same. <laughs> uh, in one of them, it was a whole load of drama, aka that was the actual name of the sermon, yep. and that was in the bulletin. And uh, on the YouTube, when it premiered, it was a whole load of trouble, because I screwed that up. Well, and I think I I said it wrong some point in the week out loud, and I know you heard it, and then I went and looked and go, nope, that's not what we said. And so I, I, you know, I set up the bulletin, you know, the title of of my document, my sermon notes, and then I'm watching the premiere and going, wait, that's different. Oh, that is a whole load of trouble. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) We done goofed. We done goofed. Hey, Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) uh but nonetheless it it, that's all right it was roughly right if we hadn't told anybody now they wouldn't have even known i i didn't notice but in in the in the spirit of just you know owning up to the crap that we screw up (laughs) yeah we like we like to do that it's fun uh if we can't laugh at ourselves and then never laugh and then footnotes i got an email what was it monday no that was sunday oh sunday sunday afternoon yeah same got an email Where's footnotes? Can you help me find footnotes? I was looking for footnotes. I miss you so. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Is there anybody in there? (laughs) Just not if you can find it. Is footnotes there at all? No, it's not. Um, I'm feeling musical today. My goodness. You are. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I screwed up footnotes. Well, I didn't screw up footnotes. I just took forever to get footnotes onto uh, the internets. How, how long was the recording? The recording was an hour and... So last week we did the interview with Jim Hicks. And that original interview, we recorded at least 30 minutes. And then we... And I knew this was this was the second week in a row that this has happened to me. And so I knew we were running slow when we were recording the other part with, with Jen and Rob and I. 
And so we were booking through that, and that was like 30-ish minutes. Which is not bad for us. No, no. but together it would have been over an hour, and that would have been terrible. And so we're about to hear what's going to keep us on pace this week so that I don't have to spend... Oh. Is that really it? Oh, yeah, that's going to go <laughs> off. That's going to go uh, off. Captain Picard is going to start yelling at us every single time. <clears throat> every single time. So we're going to do we speed We run rounds. out of uh, time for each topic because the last couple of weeks we've uh, made my life more stressful by having to cut and edit and edit and edit and slim and, and, and trim and to keep it under an hour because Which I refuse to let it go. You got it down to like 54 minutes. So. I did. I did. I managed to cut out quite a bit, but I don't need that extra stress in my life. That's not emotionally it healthy. It took a lot of work. So <laughs> That's foreshadowing. We, uh, <laughs> and we may need to help. We may need to do speed rounds when we have guests because the last two weeks we were supposed to have 15 minute segments. And they turned into thirty. And they turned into thirty. They had some fantastic it's like we things like to talk talking about. With you people. like talking? I shocker. <laughs> it could Absolute be that shocker. The COVID is in just making us want longer conversations. That's exactly know. what it is. I know Extra, for sure. <laughs> when someone comes walking through our doors, we both jump out of our office and just like yep. Well, and that was the other thing. This. When I was going to be editing this last week, Lauren, I love you, but you came in and we talked for like three hours. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it was that long. And I was like, wait, that was three hours. Oh, I was going to edit footnotes. Well, I'll do that later. Later just became Sunday evening. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Uh, so anyway, I apologize for getting that out late. Um, that's all good there. So with that, let's dive into our first topic. This is something that I have been a uh, little bit of a question I've been wrestling with for a while, a yeah. uh, couple weeks now, of this conversation of the difference between an offering and a sacrifice. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this has come up in this originally spurred from the uh, a conversation about Cain and Abel that I was having. Um, but <clears throat> we're going to put six minutes on the clock here. And we might not even use all of that, but the the idea of the difference between an offering and a sacrifice, is there a difference? Because in, in our English language, if I was going to ask you, Jen, what's the what's the difference between an offering and a sacrifice? I would say they're similar. They're, yeah. Sure. Similar concepts, but there's, there's a slight... I feel like most people that I've polled, offering mm. is like, oh, I'm giving this willingly... In a sacri- I'm offering this up, yeah. and a sacrifice kind of hurts a little bit. There's a little right? bit more of a punch to it. Absolutely, um, and so like I I threw this out to actually one of our one of the, one of the guys that's new to my care group, Kyle, uh, who's actually down in California. Uh, hi, Kyle, in California. Hi, Kyle. But uh, <laughs> relatively new to the faith, and uh, we'll see we'll see more of him in in coming weeks. Actually, uh, that's also foreshadowing. Spoiler alert. But uh, he was wrestling with this too. And we were talking about this a little bit last night. And this idea of offering, uh, his initial thought was, yeah, offering is um, like I'm giving this willingly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily hurt. I'm just giving this up. It doesn't cost me anything. And sacrifice costs. It hurts a little bit, right? But then he brought up the concept of sacrificing of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. To give your live your life as a sacrifice. You're like, well, you're doing that willingly. 
Like you're giving like there's so they're they're tied together a little bit. And so I've been diving into the the actual word it like the the Hebrew words and all sorts of stuff. And there's like let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ish words for offering that I was diving into and and pulling these apart. And there's really not a lot of difference in the original text. They they kind of get used mm-hmm. And they get translated kind of here back and forth all over the place. Um, But there is, this is kind of where I'm at right now. And, and I don't know if this is completely, this is by, by no means fleshed out completely. Uh, So if anybody has other thoughts on that, let me know. Logan at mission Ridge dot (laughs) church. Send me your thoughts because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sleep well until I'm done wrestling with this. It's just bugging me. But I think a sacrifice kind of falls under the umbrella of an offering. Mm-hmm. Because there are offerings that you bring, and it'll talk about this in Leviticus. There's all sorts of offerings that you can bring, whether it's a, a, a drink offering or a grain offering. Now, one fun little thing that I saw was like with a grain offering or pretty much any offering that you bring, it's going to be something that costs you a little bit. Like you can't do a you can't do an animal sacrifice with a wild animal. Oh. Um, or at least you're not supposed to. Is is my understanding because it doesn't like it, it's the off like it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to everybody. It's just in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a grain offering wouldn't just be a, like a, a a bundle of wheat. You would have turned it into flour already. Okay. So you're going to turn this into flour, and now that you've put the work and the effort into it, your blood, sweat, and tears are in this stuff, now you're going to offer it up <clears throat> because it is kind of part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of an interesting aspect of it. But I think the sacrifice kind of falls under the umbrella of offering, like it's in the genre of an offering. Um, and Charlie Couch, we were talking with him actually just this morning, Rob, and he kind of had an interesting... Uh, he had a he had a good way of putting that. Do you remember how he how he worded that? Well, he he said a sacrifice is anything that you put on the altar and it gets consumed. Yep. We're we're an offering. Might just be going to. You're just giving that up to the priesthood. An offering is something that you offer up. In his words, an offering is something that it could be money or you know. But that's I in looking at the scriptures, I don't think he's totally correct on that because an offering can be of animals. Mm-hmm. It could be a burnt offering. So hmm. that that doesn't quite fit with the text. So sacrifice in particular seems to have with it um this concept of slaughtering something. Yeah. That was another one of the and ones so, digging through the words. So sacrifice always includes Bloodletting. Um, where an offering doesn't necessarily include an animal. There you go. But it, but it can. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I don't know. I think uh, I would have to do some more research to really understand that the two. Uh, uh, what words did you come up with? You said um, there's seven words. Yeah. So the first one is Zabach. 
and that's actually H2076 and 2077 in Strong's. One's a verb and one's a masculine noun. Mm -hmm. But they mean pretty much the same thing. We're about to get Picarded. Oh, I stopped it before it did it. That was not satisfying. Oh, there it is. Anyway, but we're going to uh, bleed over into this a little bit. Uh, a slaughter of the flesh of an rules. animal by implication, <laughs> sacrifice with the victim of, or the act, um, offer sacrifice. And then we had chog or cag. I, uh, chog. Uh, hog. Yeah. Hog. Hog. Uh, that's H2282. Uh, that usually turns into feast. Uh, mm-hmm. There is Kail, maybe, um, H3632, whole burnt sacrifice, perfect, holy, all, utterly whole burnt. Menacha, uh, which is 4503, and that's actually Cain's offering, um, is an offering, a present, gift, oblation, sacrifice, or meat. Uh, apostrophe, Allah, uh, which is H5903. Burnt offering, burnt sacrifice, ascent, go up. Or Corbin, which is H7133, offering, oblation, offered, and sacrifice, which perfectly segues us into our next conversation because, Rob, you wanted to talk about Corbin. Corbin. So uh, Corbin is like a free will offering. Uh-huh. And Jesus in Mark 7, verses 8 through 12, says, You leave the commandments of God and hold to the tradition of men. So you, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandments of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would, would have gained from me is Corbin, which is a trans, transliterated word uh, that is given to God. So it's this Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. That reflects this, and you just shared it, right? Yeah. It was a offering, oblation, offered, or sacrifice. Yep, was the the usages that it gets translated to. So, but if you say if a man tells his father or his mother whatever you would have gained from me is is Corbin, it's given to God, mm. then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. So, um, Jesus, Jesus is saying that you're putting on the show, you go to the temple, letting people know how spiritual you are, because you're offering this Corbin, mm. but then you go home and you tell your parents, sorry, I can't help you. And I don't, I, I, I think we see that sometimes in, in our world, still today, where where people want to be known for being generous, for, for mm-hmm. giving, for helping. Sure. But then they neglect their own family, whether it be their, their wife or their kids or, you know, or their parents, whatever the case may be. And, and I just don't think you could separate these two ideas of, of, of family and generosity. Like, they, they have to go hand in hand. They, they have to be tied together. That's a really good point. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the idea of it's easy to be generous when there is, um, I'm going to receive, you know, I'm going to look good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look good if I'm generous. I, I'll, I'll give to this event thing on Facebook, right? And 
it'll say, you know, oh, or a GoFundMe, right? And I get something for it versus am I generous when nobody's looking, when I'm just taking care of the people I'm supposed to take care of Mm -hmm. and there's no glory in it. Right. Yep. And you, you talked about first Timothy five, eight, when we talked about this offline, Mm. uh, it says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yup. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Like how, if you, how do you really feel, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> no mincing words. No. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think this this whole thing for me at least ties in with our 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 conversation of as we as we wrestle with okay who's who's this partner that God's you know wanting Abram's this guy that God wants to partner with. And we see that he's sacrificially generous, mm-hmm. as we're calling it. What does that mean? What does that mean in my life to to walk that out, to play that out? Um, so understanding and wrestling with this, what does it mean to sacrifice? What does generosity look like? How do I how do I walk that out in my life? Right. I feel like these conversations are necessary for us to really wrap our heads around what type of person does God want to partner with? Right. Can that be me? And and like Abram, we're gonna have to become that that person. Like we should always become more and more and more like that person that God mm-hmm. wants to call out. That that and these we could have used the teachings of Jesus. We could have looked at Abram's life. Like like it's all the way through the scriptures that these are the things that God values. And you know I haven't always. I haven't always felt generous towards my own, like my kids at times have brought these, what they perceive to be needs. Um, And sometimes what our kids bring to us that they think are needs are not really needs. (laughs) I need AirPods. But, but still like, sounds about right. I haven't always had a generous heart towards my kids the same way I have towards, towards God. And, and the, for me, the issue is the same. Mm-hmm. It's it comes out of this my relationship with God, and and there've been times where I've been honestly mad at God about where we were at financially, and that probably wasn't God's fault. That's probably my mis mismanagement. Mm-hmm. But but then I don't have a generous heart towards my own kids. But but it's not the same with the church. Like I I've got this generous heart towards the church, or 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 other families that I see in need, but am I, and so I've had this wrestle, and I've had to kind of repent of that in my own life, that, mm-hmm. wait a minute, their needs are our needs. I mean, and, and even if they don't understand their needs, I mean, that that just becomes a training piece. Right. But, but this becomes, yeah, so it's something that I've had to wrestle with, which is why I've talked about it. Perfect. Oh, yeah, 15 seconds left, and we already finished it. Boom. Boom. None of that, Picard. Take that. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. All right. Well, let's talk for just a moment. I'm going to give myself two minutes to ramble about this. Oh, good. Of So you you brought out this comparison, and, uh, oh, that's a little bit of a shortcoming. I was going to make a graphic for you, and you just you had to, like, type up a slide right before you were giving the sermon of this comparison of the uh, 
mm-hmm. the the wife or the wife being called a sister and the the nephew being called a brother, right? Right. <clears throat> to connect these two stories. But she's not just a wife. She's not just a wife. And you brought this up. That was that was fantastic. Um so this is a tasty little footnote. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tasty little footnote uh tidbit here is if you go back to that lineage in 11 and our conversation last week where we talked about Abraham or Abram marrying Sarai and that, oh, Sarai is probably actually Ishka, which would be his niece. Now, we don't, we kind of just don't either don't think about that or it's really, really like if you graph this out and you look at a picture of the family tree, it becomes very apparent. Like, oh, wait, that's weird. Mm-hmm. He's marrying his. We niece. don't do that anymore. We don't do that yeah. anymore. But culturally over there, not, it wouldn't have been, um, it wouldn't have been all that crazy. So, uh, so, so in chapter 12, in chapter 12, a niece is being called a sister. Yep. In chapter oh. 13, a nephew is being called a brother. It makes it line up even like, oh, Jen's face, like, oh, she just got. <laughs> <laughs> she just. Whoa. That's so good. She just tasted the goodness of that thought. <laughs> oh, yep. Her mind is blown. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that was, oh, I, mm, that was so worth it. If only this was a vlog, too. Right? I know. That would. <laughs> reaction cam <laughs> so anyway that's yeah that's just a, a fun little if and if you hadn't have dug into that lineage you wouldn't have had any idea that 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 was just so good i love picard oh <laughs> uh, my goodness so tasty mm. all right now uh, uh one other thing that you mentioned here in this story and we see in this story is that god shares again with of Ram, the uh, this promise, right? He shares the vision, if you will. Yes. With Avram. and so this ties in with. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, a couple weeks back. I don't remember exactly where it was in the experiencing God. It was an experiencing God. I'd have to think about that. I don't um, remember which episode specifically, but we talked about the idea of spiritual markers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, it was, it like was, it was in uh, hearing, hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Was that the one we double, we tag teamed the sermon? I think so. That, that might have been, might have been that one. Um, you have to go double check it though, to <laughs> be sure. But uh, tune in and listen again. <laughs> yeah. Just go, go, go tune in. Let me know which one it was in. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to go look it up right after this, but because uh, it's going to bug me if I don't. <laughs> But uh, let's talk about let's talk about these spiritual markers and how how this applies to the the idea of these spiritual markers and and how we see this like this concept that we just have talked about in experiencing God how this is playing out in the story of Abram. So, spiritual markers you know you could look back and and see how this how this conversation comes to the forefront from God over and over and over again. We see this in, in Abraham, and, and so far uh, we've, we've seen God come to Abraham twice. We, we're going to see him come to him, the Lord come to Abraham at least twice in chapter 15. And so um, and we're going to see just over and over and over again the Lord come to Abraham and and. If you want to have a fascinating study, just go look at 
what the Lord does in each of those conversations and how it kind of shapes the direction that Abram goes and mm-hmm. and his understanding and and his his picture of this just grows and enlarges and and uh, sometimes I've li- sometimes his understanding doesn't help. I think we're going to see that. Spoiler. There, there's a little foreshadowing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All about the so foreshadowing we're gonna, today. I am, I we're going to see. That. We're going to see um, the questions that Abram's wrestling with this next week. We're going to see some of those questions come to the forefront. And yep. And I, I think, I think it's important to to have an honest conversation about that. That's more foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so much foreshadowing. It's like this is all interconnected. I can't this is keep wild. It all connect or straight. Keep them, <laughs> what are we so much foreshadowing? <laughs> but uh, Jen, let's talk about your story. And you shared your story in Sunday's uh, sermon. We we took a video of you and, mm-hmm. and talked about you as uh, as a foster parent. How many times did you feel this vision for? you being a foster parent, like how many times did that just became part of your conversation? They were like, Oh wow. I think God's calling me to this. Um, it was quite a few and it was, um, like little things like I am a pretty avid reader. And so in a book I would read, it would be like unknowingly not part of like this backstory or the back cover. There was a foster kid in it or like, Working at CareNet, um, the thing that pro-choice people do a lot is, well, you only care about the baby. Once it's a toddler or older, you don't really care about, like, kids in the foster care system. And so I was like, I do. And I was like, I'm whole life. Like, I believe we should be pro-life for whole life. And so, like, what does that look like? Well, that looks like me becoming a foster parent. And so I kept hearing that argument. I would get so mad at people for even saying it. So, yeah. 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 So all the little, just a little, little bit here, a little bit here, a mm-hmm. little bit there. Yeah. Little breadcrumbs, little, yep. uh, I don't know, chips in the wall. Yeah. Know. But when you look back and you see those spiritual markers and you see, oh, God was doing this here and then God was doing this here and changed, changed my perspective a little bit more and, and, and changed my perspective here and, and oh, there's this piece here, you know. My for me becoming a pastor is something that that was something that was on my heart for twenty years. Yep. And people were like, "Rob, you've been talking about this for so long." Like as soon as I started working full time for the guard, mm-hmm. I started about leaving. I started talking about leaving the guard <laughs> to go into pastorate, and people are like, "It's weird because the guys that got into the role that I was in." Like you'd be there for 20, 30 years mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic, you know, fantastic retirement came out of that. I mean, I've known guys that come out of that. They're 50 years old. They retire and, and day one of retirement, they're making as much as they had their whole career because they had put, they'd put extra aside all the, and so wow. like it was a fantastic retirement. Yeah. And I was talking about something completely different. Like my life was being driven by a different vision that God just kept bringing to me over and over and over again. And so this idea of God coming to Abram over and over and over again, and it wasn't like he told him once and then 
went away and God's off in some distant future going, I wonder if Abram's going to catch the vision or not. Right. No, we see it repeatedly having this conversation and it develops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And this is part of how we experience God here now, not just when we die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God That's... wants to have this conversation with us. He wants to shape our lives. And if you're willing to go, I don't know what that looks like, but I, I'm going to take the next step you put in front of me. Right. Mm. Nice. Nice. Now, oh man, 30 seconds to go. We are killing the speed rounds today. Not today, Picard. <laughs> Not, to- <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well, we got you covered. It's reminding me of the, the, the uh, there's a Hillsong tune. That's uh, oh. like the Tell the Devil not today or yeah i know what you're talking about not today yep i'm gonna have to go listen to that now go and find the meaning of this yikes uh all right well let's talk there was this there was this odd little bit in the story uh where involving bread and wine and this this odd character melchizedek yeah Mm. i spelled that phonetically on the board uh, you can spell it M E L K I Z A, and then the word deck, <laughs> deck, uh, which is pretty great. So uh, that's just a fun little side note into Logan's brain. But anyway, there's this this character Melchizedek that comes up, uh, Rob, and you had some extra thoughts on him. So interesting character. He's he's mentioned in the Genesis account that we covered. He's mentioned in Psalm 110, verse 4, okay. and then eight times in the book of Hebrews. Just oh. showing up all over the place in Hebrews. And Hebrews. A- and apparently, <laughs> whoever she is um, <laughs> that wrote that book, um, <laughs> this character is, is part of the... Uh, Hebrew consciousness, like the like, there's something special about this person. Um, I'll, I'll read you the Psalms account. It says, "The Lord has sworn and will not change His mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek." So, uh, in the Genesis story, and how much time do we give for this one? Because this one could take. More than six minutes. You got you got plenty of time on this. So <laughs> you got plenty of time. You just take what you need from Melchizedek. You can't rush Melchizedek. So right, Melchizedek, his name stuff. means my king is righteous. Now my king the, the, is righteous. The the challenge here is Melchizedek is what's his what's his role? He's a priest. He's a priest. Okay. And the king. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of Salem, king of Salem, uh, uh, being a kind of wordplay off of Shalom, King of Peace. Oh, okay. oh, okay, that's tasty. And so, but in the Hebrew world, in, in, let's look at in 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 David's time, the priesthood is separated on purpose from the royalty. From the royalty, separation of church and state. Yes. <laughs> And yet, in Christ, we see these come back together. It's a royal priesthood. It's a royal 
priesthood. In fact, that's what the uh, the book of Hebrews talks about. Uh-huh. Um, and so um, the, uh, the author that I'm reading from, uh, David Stern, he's a Messianic Jew, and um, he, he's a Jewish New Testament commentary. He believes, in his mind, Melchizedek, um, which the name is broken up into Malchizedek. Not Mel, Kiz, and Adek? No. No, it's, it's uh, Malchi so and Zedek. Malek is, is, is a word for king. Zedek Sede- okay. uh, is a word for righteousness. Okay. All right. Um, Righteous king. But he right. says Yeshua, or Jesus, is to be compared with Melchizedek because in Yeshua, Jewish priests and Jewish kings are united in one person. Now, I actually believe, differently than David Stern on this, that... Uh, Record scratch, differing opinion. That uh, this is actually what we're seeing in Genesis is is a Christophany. Oh, it's the appearing of Christ in the Old Testament. Um, the Triune God has always existed. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when we see God in the flesh in the Old Testament, we're actually seeing Jesus. Oh. I like it. But um, so just kind of just uh, just an interesting character. The book of Hebrews talks about this. Um, and Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, and Hebrews 7. I'm just going to read some of uh, 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God. Again, two roles in uh-huh. the Jewish... Mm-hmm world but brought together uh, met abram returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him and to him abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything he is first by translation of his name king of righteousness and then he is also king of salem that is the king of peace he is without father or mother or genealogy having neither beginning of days nor of end of life but resembling the son of god he continues a uh, continues a priest forever. Well, I, I'm interested in seeing this uh, in in talking about this next chapter, chapter 15, Genesis 15, because I think we're going to see that the gospel story has not changed. It's not it's not something new that starts in the book of Matthew. What has been a consistent story that God's been telling this whole time? Sure. And this king of, this king of righteousness and this king of peace. Has always wanted to point us to God Most High. Right. Mm. And so, um, the the author of Hebrews is saying that that in Genesis you're not going to see this genealogy. You're not going to see. Ma- Melchizedek, this high priest, this guy that just kind of blops, you know, pops on the scene and, and pops back out. Um, David Stern would say, well, it's just not documented. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the author of Hebrews actually meant that, no, it's not there on on purpose because it is a priesthood forever, and, and Christ has always mm. been our high priest 
has always been, which, which a priest always helps you connect to your God. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so he's always been the high priest and he's always been the, the king of righteousness. And, and so even with Abram, in fact, we know that Jesus says that Abram, Abraham longed to see his day. Yeah. Right. And maybe, maybe the gospel was preached to Abraham on that day. So when, when he brings bread and when he brings wine. Yeah. To yeah, we're not done talking about this. Shut up, Picard. <laughs> to Abram. Yeah. This is juicy. When, uh, <laughs> when he brings bread and brings wine, you know, and, and Jesus does the same thing with his disciples. Yeah. If mm-hmm. if you don't make that connection, oh right. Like it'd be like you, you're you're reading you're reading this in Braille, but you don't know what you're doing if you're not making this. In other words, I'm saying you're blind. As much not, as we want to make blind. these two testaments different. They might be connected. They might be absolutely maybe yeah. you know, is God different today than he was in the old testament? I'm gonna go with no. I'm going to go with no, too. Me, too. I'm going to say we might be different. If anything's changed. But then again, I look I look at you all. Well, See the floor. It eat, needs sweeping. Eat. <laughs> Nothing's changed. That was a little My Guitar Gently Weeps reference. It just happened in my brain. Sorry. But even think about Luther and how Luther finally came and he read Romans and he started grappling with grace. Like, yeah, like that's how many, that was what? 1100. Uh, ish. 1400. When was. Ish. Are you Googling it? Yeah. I'll Google. Uh, I feel it, it. It wasn't 11. It was, it was 14 sounds more right. Because we not nah, it might be later than that. Into fourteen hundred, beginning of fifteen hundred. Okay, so fifteen hundred years later, people within the church are wrestling, they're grappling with, their, they're having a hard time understanding grace. Yep. Like how much has that plagued the church, to where we go, that. The way we look at the Old Testament and go, oh, we don't see grace in the Old Testament, but we see it in the New Testament. Like, oh, there's so much grace. Like this story this yep. week. Stay there's tuned. a lot of grace in there. Genesis 15, there's grace. I'll it's just coming. tell you that much. You know, there there's one thing, and, and I'm going to let people wrestle with it. Well, maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it. I'm going to throw this out there. The thing that sticks out to me to use a little care group, <laughs> little care group conversation topic. Uh, Abraham, Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Yeah. To, Mac- to This is to Melchizedek. And this is just because I was wrestling with the offering sacrifice stuff where I was, you know, figuring out and uh, in numbers, I think it's numbers 18. <clears throat> it talks, uh, God is telling Aaron and the Le- the Levites, like you're never going to have an inheritance. Everything is going to come from from the people giving to you. 
we see this Melchizedek's the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Avram gives him a tenth of everything. Right off the top, it's the first thing he does. Right. And I wrestle with where did that come from? Right. Why? How? How did he? What? Where? How did he? Already why know for? That? Yeah. Yeah, hundreds of years before Moses ever wrote down yep. the law. Yeah, before God delivered it and told and told them, there, Avram is doing this. Mm-hmm. Why? And it, once again, this is another one. If you don't see the connection here, look again mm-hmm. and keep looking until you do, because it's there, like it's glaring at you in the face. Saying, "Look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" And I, I just, I, I wonder what the, I wonder what implications you could draw from of Ram doing this. And I feel like all of this circles around and ties in with this offering, sacrifice, wrestling with what does this look like, mm-hmm. generosity conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Do without what you will. I'm not going to resolve that for anybody, uh, including myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, a lot of times we'll be like, oh, I'm going to let you wrestle with that. Yeah. And that's such a cop-out. Like 90% of the time, it's because I don't have an answer. <laughs> I just want to sound like, oh, super super spiritual guru. Like, oh, man. So spiritual. Go and find the meaning of this. Sometimes I do actually know it, and I just want to send you on a goose chase. But nine times out of 10, I don't have an answer. <laughs> He's doing the research himself, too. <laughs> I, I have no idea. The, I, I hate this question. Why did you bring this up? This is terrible. <laughs> Welcome to discipleship. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up our, our remaining time here. We got a little we got a little we got a little time to spend on this. Yeah, which is good we, because we talked about generosity, but we also talked about family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And making These two are family connected. Making family this you know the safest place that is family needs become the safest place. Yeah. I, you see this, this story's chocked full of that. Avram goes after lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, even Avram and lot, like there's, there's strife, there's conflict. I don't know. None of us ever have conflict in our families and we never have to deal with, with conflict in, in the confines of family. Definitely nobody during this COVID crisis would be all cooped up with their family and getting on each other's nerves and dealing with any sort of conflict about there not being enough space. I didn't even make that connection. (laughs) That is so beautiful. Like, look at that go. There's not enough room for all our herdsmen in the house. Well, I mean, there's stories of, 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 of a couple, and I won't mention who it is because I don't know them from, I just know about them, but they they were stuck in the Bahamas together. That sounds terrible. They were in paradise, and when they got back... Filing for divorce? Filing for divorce. Oy vey. Oh, my. You know, and it's just, you know, and these kinds of, the circumstances don't, create the strife it just reveals what's already there right you know whether you know my anger is not caused by my son or my daughter or my or my wife it's it's what's revealed out of the fears and insecurities and and crappy attitudes whatever uh that are already bubbling below the surface and in the event just 
just brings them to the surface. It doesn't, it doesn't create them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, I've noticed that for sure, just on my, just in myself of, and kind of observing this in other people too, because that's what I do. But this COVID stuff, the quarantines, isolation, being forced to slow down and, and not distract ourselves all of this stuff it doesn't i don't i don't see it creating any new problems in people what i do see happening is it's pulling back the layers mm-hmm. and it's revealing stuff that's hiding right underneath i'm like oh you know that problem is not new i was just ignoring it and i could ignore it right <clears throat> and it it takes the little things that are you know uh, I'll use my own, myself as an example. You know, I've been I've been working on like developing regular eating habits this year because that's like I just I get busy and I forget to eat. Like I know some of you are thinking, how do you do this? It happens. I promise you. Um, I blame my father. He does it also. I was just thinking about eating. That's all I was thinking about. Yeah. Like, Rob <laughs> doesn't understand how I forget to eat. It's a it's eleven fifty two local time, and I'm going oh eight minutes to eating. <laughs> Come on, Picard. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, Picard, shut up. We're not done talking. This is getting good. <laughs> Forgetting about food. Like, I want to just talk for another couple hours. Um, <laughs> eating's not important. Who does that? So, Overrated. but what this, this COVID stuff, like, I was starting to get some rhythms and this, just the, the, just turning life upside down and things looking different. And even for myself, like, life hasn't been that crazily different just a little bit different for myself really and that was enough that it's it's thrown all of that into a Mm topsy-turvy and i'm back to like it set me back to square one um and so i was reflecting on that the other day and like it's really not creating new problems it's revealing a lot of things in a lot of people i think i mean i i can speak for myself but i would assume i am not alone in that well, I don't think you are because I mean, look at the like suicide hotline. They went up like eight hundred percent. Oh yeah, that's insane. Which the it's statistics be- on that are crazy. And I think it's because people have had to stop and slow down, and all the things that they've been pushing down and pushing away, they can't avoid. And I am um, that. On the one hand, that 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 number's shocking, but on the other hand, let's celebrate that because right. people are calling. Right. Yeah. People are wrestling and they're calling. I think that's, you know, actively pursue your emotional health. And that means bingo, calling out, reaching, asking people for help. You know, like we need to do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and chasing after your emotional health is a process. It's not like. I read a book and now I'm emotionally healthy. It's like what? that's not <laughs> how it works. I know. Come on, I've watched hours of Brene Brown. I should be so emotionally healthy. I've shed so many tears. Son of a <sighs> beasting. Yeah, that's not how that works. Dang no, it! No, it's Ugh. not. Unfortunately, I was I'd hoping like, that would be a silver bullet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Logan. <laughs> read another book. Learning by <laughs> osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> Been sleeping on this cover. <laughs> So painful. <laughs> I got lumps in my head. Oh yikes! Oh my gosh. So, so yeah. There's. Uh, I want you guys to talk about how you've pursued your own emotional health and what's helped you 
uh, to to do that? Uh, it's for me. I it's interesting because I've been thinking about this lot a lot since you posted or talked about it in your sermon of like what does emotional health look like and like two years ago I wasn't really in an emotionally healthy place and I'm like well what changed what caused me to now feel like okay I'm emotionally healthy I'm good like not perfect but um, I think accountability and having a person that was like okay I'm talking through my hurts and my struggles and we're going to process this together has really helped. Um, and I see a counselor and I think that has helped because I think having those people in my life that will be like, Jen, what you're saying right now, what you're believing right now are not truth. Yeah. Like you need those people in your life that say, okay, what is the truth? What is God really saying? Like, because it's so easy to believe a lie about yourself because your voice is your voice and it's always in your head. Like, um, I read a lot and so I've read a, a lot of books about being emotionally healthy, especially in the last two years. And so like the emotionally healthy leader, like they have others for not leaders, like the emotionally healthy woman and just emotionally healthy spirituality. Uh, Donald Miller, who wrote Blue Like Jazz, wrote a book called Scary Close, which is about being intimate and like being willing to break down the mask and the walls that you wear. And that was so good and so fascinating. So, um, but yeah, having those people in my life that will know you need to go back to truth. You need to go back to what God says about you has been. So, so I've heard, uh, so you've pursued it, like Mm -hmm. you've, you've researched it. You've invited people into a conversation, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, like a accountability partner, mm-hmm. and then counseling. Mm-hmm. Those are those are all excellent. Yeah, Logan, how about you? What are some things you've been doing? Uh, well, I actively avoid emotional health, like the plague. <laughs> um, I avoid it like COVID nineteen. Mask up and uh, just socially distance myself from it, but. No, that's that's deflection using humor, <laughs> which I would never do. Oh. Or sarcasm. Don't use that either. For sure, right. no. Um, <laughs> if you mm. haven't caught on. Logan uh, being vulnerable. Yikes. yikes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new thing. Uh, no, I, I, no, I, no joke. I actively do avoid that, uh, or I have in the, at least, that's been my track record. I can't claim I am a noob to the, the the concept of actually being emotionally, physically healthy. Um, these things are all interlinked uh, when you start to dig into them. But uh, it definitely, we've we've talked about this. We're going to end up talking about this book so much just because it is actually having an impact and it's making a lot of some of the concepts from it. We're wrestling through both Rob and myself are are reading this and, and working through it and wrestling with this stuff as the emotionally healthy leader. <clears throat> and as you said, he does have, there's uh, at least the emotionally healthy woman, emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy church. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of, but there. I, I have a sneaking suspicion, and I haven't read any of them other than the the leader one. But I have a sneaking suspicion that at the core of these are many of the same principles, if right. not the exact same principles. He's just applying them in different fashions for people to help you right. understand. Um, so some of that is uh through processing through that stuff, 
there was another one, Genesis Process. That kind of got the ball rolling for me a couple. I thought that would have been probably four or five years ago now. Yikes! It was three years ago. Three we, years ago when that, yeah, when that hit. No, it was maybe four. It it, it had to have been four because I moved over here two and a half, and it was at least a full year before I moved yeah, over here that I was true. going through with Alex. That's true. Uh, wow. And stuff. So yeah. Uh, anyway, that was that's another good one. Um, so let's but, talk about the Genesis process because I think that brings yeah. up a new wrinkle that Jen hasn't mentioned. Um, Genesis process has you evaluate your your history, your past, your growing yep. up. I was just going to mention that's what emotionally healthy spirituality does too. Like yeah, so there's different ways of doing that. The Genesis process does that. The twelve step programs do that. There's other things that uh, tools that are represented in in uh, in these books about. Uh, yeah, emotional health leaders, of, or I think an essential probably it might even be first step. Um, if it's not the first step, it's real close to the beginning. Uh, is that you have to start taking a serious look at yourself, mm-hmm. and you have to it, it has to be an honest look at yourself, otherwise, you're wasting your time, right? Um, and I think that ties back to a lot of people are being forced to take a serious look at themselves because they have less distractions right there's only so much netflix you can watch it's not just ourselves in the in a vacuum but it's ourselves in our family of origin and we we caught a lot oh hello we don't got time for you we we (laughs) caught a lot from our parents from our grandparents from our relationships in high school all of this stuff ties into who you are Mm -hmm. and it ties into who I am and why I make the decisions that I make and the, the behaviors that I have practiced and I have learned and have become what makes me me. Yep. Right. Whether that's, yeah, limbic, um, knowing your shadow, like these are all, there's a billion different ways of saying this, but this, this concept of being introspective, looking at yourself, evaluating and, and coming to not just like, evaluating in a sense of like oh i'm gonna pick out all the bad stuff and just like say well i'm gonna stop doing that right no no it's understanding and coming to accept like this is who this is how i got to where i'm at now i'm gonna move the ball forward the way that i want to right with that understanding in the past bringing that into it right the author also recommends like when you have this negative emotion to sit down later later that night, later the next day, have this regular routine of uh, journaling and just processing, like, what was behind the emotion? What, can I even name the the range of emotions? Could we say anger? Well, was it just anger, or was it, or, or was it pride, or was it jealousy, or was it fear? Like, what were the other emotions that what were... What type of anger? Yeah, right. and, 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 yeah. And, and why? Sure. Was it... Were you... Were you responding to this moment because on a scale of 1 to 10, was this moment a, a 1 or a 10? Mm-hmm. And then what was our response level? Yeah. Like when we sit back and reevaluate it, like, no, this particular moment taken out of time and just looking at it should have been a 2 or a 3, but I responded like it was an 8. Well, well why? And so that that process... Yep. Of of trying to figure that out, and I wonder how many 
when I said, you know, family needs to become the safest place, how many people sat on their couch not wanting to look to the left or to the right because they knew that their family could become much, much safer. Than it is currently. Than yep. it currently is. Yeah, that was a hard hitter. Mm-hmm. That was uh, was not a light punch there, Rob. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Appreciate that. Well, well done. I'm hoping that the <laughs> next sermon yeah i mean a lot of this is 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 encroaching on this next week so stay tuned yeah it's gonna be so good oh man this it's like it's all connected (laughs) but this emotional health because it starts on a personal level but eventually you like like we said just with the the names of the books there's this emotionally healthy church Mm -hmm. and so if you have an emotional health level if you will at a on a personal level then we as a church are going to have a collective um, emotional health score. I, I, I have to score things in my brain to evaluate them. Um, He's not competitive at all. No, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not at all. Not at all. But like this is the this is like you're going to have a a certain level of, of emotional health as a church and, or as a group, as a community, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be church. Um, and so that idea playing out, I think we're going to see that play out this week a ton Mm -hmm. uh, in this upcoming sermon. Well, and we could celebrate the fact that Abram did a great job with Lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you know his story, he's going to make his family feel very unsafe he doesn't have it all figured out yet. You know, in, in future episodes of Yikes. the partner got pursued. So just just know that we've all been there. We've all done that. Um, we've all created an unsafe environment in a place that should be the safest place on earth, which is our homes and our in our church in our church family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've we've all done that. And so that's where we need grace. That's where we need Christ. That's where we need a savior. And that's where we need to continue to pursue our own emotional, spiritual health. Yeah. Emotional health isn't a straight line to A to B. It's like this like zigzag <laughs> back, forth, <laughs> up, down. Like <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah, a bunch of steps forward and a whole bunch more backwards. It's and, a process. Yeah, you just run around in a circle Yeah, the whole time and you yeah. get frustrated. I mean, maybe that's what you do. <laughs> I I don't know. That might explain why you're struggling. I don't it. know <laughs> who would have had done that experience. No, uh, it's fine. It's not a carousel. Picard, uh, Picard, show up, save us, please. <laughs> Help me, Picard. Help me. <laughs> Shields up. Red alert. <laughs> make it so. Make it so. <laughs> Yikes! I'm gonna go uh, have some Earl Grey hot uh, with my lunch. That was a mm. that was a that was a deeper mez for some of you trekkies out there. But anyway, uh, that has been a lot of fun talking today. So hopefully you enjoyed this, and we will catch you next time on another episode of Footnotes. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.